All right, Ramona, back with me again in uh, yep. under unique circumstances, but you know I'm glad you're safe and uh, and doing well, and seems like you're having a good time. So uh, um, let's start off with where you're at right now and why you are there and why yeah. you are not at the UFC Academy. Um, I'm in Phuket right now, mm -hmm. so I'm here trading at Tiger. Um, Pretty much, well, I came here because of the Chinese New Year and because, you know, everything kind of shuts down in China during that time. And then um, this virus happened. And so I pretty much haven't been back yet um, and just waiting it out here and just, you know, just trying to maintain my training and pretty much doing what I'd be doing anyway if, you know, I wouldn't be in Shanghai. So that's where we're at right now. A lot up in the air. Yeah, um, let's go back to before the, the Chinese New Year happened. So you already had your plans to go back to Phuket before any of this happened, am I right? Yeah, well, you mean before um, the virus? Yeah, the outbreak or whatever, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to spend two weeks in Phuket. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, it was like unique timing for you to be, to like leave the country when you did before they kind of limited travel out of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was sort of the same for a lot of uh, other people as well, especially uh, the PI staff and, you know, people who weren't, who aren't from China and, you know, weren't at home, like my teammates. Um, and the timing was kind of really crazy. Yeah, how it all happened. So everyone was, most people were out of town. And then, um, Everyone's just kind of been, you know, either on an extended holiday or head back home just to kind of see, you know, where this thing goes, really. All right. Before we talk about more about your, your time in Phuket right now and, and your situation at the UFC Academy, um, I want to go back to when we last spoke. I believe it was before your fight, right? Yes before yeah. you were heading to your fight. Uh -huh. So let's talk about that fight. Like, you know, you went there and you just put the, put the molly wop on somebody, you know, yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it, take us through the whole thing. Well, so that we had, you know, that was my first fight back in like two years. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, you, you can't help but think about like ring rust and like, you know, whether, whether the layoffs, like how much has affected you, but knowing also full well that I've improved so much since my last fight and with the resources that I had, I have available to me now and knowing, you know, I have the tools and it was just really a matter of execution and whether or not that would happen, whether or not the nerves would get to me, whether or not, um, you know, I'd be dwarfed by the, by the moment. Um, and, uh, yeah, so a lot of things were going on in my mind, but I think because of the resources that we have available because of our program, um, and because I knew that I prepared really well, that really gave me a lot of confidence. And, you know, I think I also talked a lot about that in our last session together. Um, and we prepared for a three round war, you know, because it wasn't going to be an easy fight. This girl was, um, a pretty good high level striker from what I saw. Um, her ground wasn't great, but she's super aggressive and just, you know, she'll pretty much like do whatever it takes. So, um, even though she fights at the division below, uh, she, I think just is comf more comfortable at 61. Mm. 
And the morning of the fight, we have this shakeout where we do like a kind of really light workout before, you know, just to go over game plan stuff, just to get a sweat going, especially because, you know, we just cut weight and we just refueled um, and more of like a confidence booster type of thing. And during that session, um, I have this like recurring eye injury that happens where I get like a cornea abrasion. It happened a, a few times in the past. And then since it has, it's just, you know, happens more often these days. Um, and so, I don't know, it probably happens like three, four times a year, depending on the year where I'll have to end up going to hospital and then getting like a contact, contact lens bandage. But it's never, it only, it always takes like, you know, three days to heal or whatever. It's really quick, but it's always really, really painful. And that morning I got an eye poke just randomly, like wasn't even going hard. And, um, and I knew that it had happened. Like I scratched my cornea, but we're in Zhengzhou. There's no, you know, I mean, we didn't really have access to like, you know, English speaking hospitals or anything like that, or that could, that would be able to help. And so I was kind of in a position where, okay, like, I'm going to fight regardless. So I'm just going to have to manage this discomfort. And it's one of those things that like over time gets worse and worse. And so I try to keep my eyes closed and like not like move too much because they're super agitated. And so when the fight was going to happen, when we were about to walk out, I remember asking my coach, Dean, if I could sit down and close my eyes and made sure that my opponent was not in view and couldn't see me because at that point it was so agitated. I couldn't stop tearing out of that eye. Um, and it was just really, it was stinging and like my eye was really red. And then, um, and they're explaining to me like what, what we were supposed to do, like we're supposed to walk out and like carry the flight, whatever. And I couldn't really like look at what was going on because I was trying to just like decrease the amount of discomfort I was feeling in my eye. Um, it just felt like there was like, it feels like there's sand in your eye and it's like, won't come out, you know, and it's just stinging nonstop. And then finally, I was okay. It's time to go out. I think the adrenaline's just gonna take me through. Like it's not gonna matter. I'm not gonna feel it when I'm in there. Hopefully, and then I can worry about it after the fight. And so I go in there. And then when the ref's putting Vaseline on me, like he asks, like, "Is your eye okay?" He's like really concerned. And I was like, "Yeah, it's fine. It's fine." And I'm just like, "It's like it's like red and like swollen." And he's like, "Okay, I just wanted to make sure." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's cool." So I go in there. And then. Um, we touch gloves and it starts and then she throws like a low kick and we had just been drilling low kick counters the week before we'd spent like a whole class just doing like kick counters. And that's pretty much part of like the fight camp game plan, you know, cause it does happen all, all the time. Like someone's going to come in, they're not going to set up a low kick and then you have the opportunity to go in for a counter with a straight, which is a really simple move. She kicks me on the outside once and then Dean calls her throw that counter when she does it again. Sure enough, she does it again. I throw a cross counter and I end up hitting her right in the eye. And I think she just couldn't really see at that point and just kept on backing up. And she, that was the last like shot she threw. She didn't punch me at all from that point on. And I just kind of took my time, pressured her up against the cage. And when I knew that her back was against it, um, I just came in with, you know, knees and elbows and, and then finished off with punches. So kind of ironic that my eye was compromised and in going into that fight. And then I ended up, you know, unintentionally punching her in the eye and that ended up, you know, making, messing up her vision and then, you know, throwing her off. But, you know, MMA, anything can happen. Right. Yeah. So yeah. happy, you know, really pleased obviously with the result. Um, 
the only thing is like, I wasn't able to really show much of like how much I've developed and like what I learned and like really string together, like a little bit of wrestling and like, you know, a little bit of ground and show a little bit of stand up, but you know, I, I can't complain really. Well, I, I think that that's to your advantage though, getting a good win quickly, devastating, you know, finish and not being able to show everything. So your next opponent doesn't really know much of what, you have developed into right yeah that's true that's true there's definitely like a lot of upsides to it mm. for sure um but i think a little bit is also me feeling like i've yet to to fight like a, like a proper you know like war you know go in there and just like leave it all out there and just like come out like barely barely being able to walk you know myself out of that cage um and i'm sure it's going to come at some point mm. probably soon um, and I'm eager to kind of show that too, you know, show the skills, but also show the heart, um, show that I have a chin, show that I can kind of push through adversity. Um, so, you know, I have that to look forward to. Do you think that that's the mind state that you have that has changed for you now is that every fight you're not even thinking about a quick finish or whatever the finish is, you're thinking about going in there, showing everything that you're able to do and going through a war and and if it doesn't then it's up you know it's great right you, you're yeah. happy that it finishes early well the thing quick quick finishes like yeah it's great for the highlight for sure but it's like you know you it's if two people come in and they start swinging at each other and one person just happens to clip the other person um you know it's like can you say that person was like better or can you say, is it like, oh, that person just like got lucky, like just got right where he wanted to, you know, like time and place thing. Um, so it's also like hard to say, like, you know, I hit that girl in the eye, like if I didn't hit her in the eye, like who, who knows what could happen, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think if you're going in on like a, you know, a long, like kind of more drawn out fight, um, it's more convincing in an odd way, you know, where like maybe this, you know, you showed a really dominant performance before you put somebody away. Or maybe it was like, you know, a unanimous decision. I know a lot of people out there are going to disagree with that for sure. Um, but I think if you really want to put two people and really want to compare them and really want to see how they stack up against each other um, in a fight, like, I feel like to see it go the distance is like where you can tell like, okay, this person has that hole in their game or like this person might be a little better. Then again, like, you know, my goal is also to make it to the UFC and like, they're not really going to be looking at that. They're going to be looking mainly first at like the record and then perhaps like going into fights and then, you know, later on, um, seeing like what their strengths are, or, you know, weaknesses are and stuff like that. But, um, I think as a fighter, as a fan of the sport, as someone who's like a super nerd when it comes to this kind of stuff, like techniques and, you know, um, cage presence and fight IQ and um, handling pressure, handling adversity. Like what I like to see is, is a drawn out like war, you know, like mm. seeing two people really just expose themselves, be vulnerable and leave it all out there. Um, but that's just, you know, me and I'm kind of like a niche audience, I think. And a lot of more people want to see the KOs and, you know, the quick finishes and, you know, we'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, talk about someone who doesn't really know MMA and they're like, yeah, she finished, you know, this person in 25 seconds. And that's more impressive than like, you know, they, she, she, throwed, she showed incredible, you know, takedown defense 
and she was able to transition, you know, scramble really well and manage, you know, manage um, her, you know, the cage wrestling, whatever. Like, they're probably not looking at that at all. You know, they just want to see someone like get choked out, unconscious, or like knocked out, or whatever. Which, mm-hmm. which is cool. You know, I get that. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of, I guess, I see it from like all angles and all perspectives. And for me, you know. I would love to kind of show myself and, and, and give it everything I have and leave it all out there. And that, that would be kind of like a really tough fight. After that, your eye, what happened? Did you oh. go to the hospital immediately or did you have to travel back to Beijing or Shanghai? Yeah. So, yeah, so um, what happened was I, so adrenaline was going, you know, I was fine in the, in the cage. And then after at the back, the backstage interview, the post-fight interview, I remember I was, I was trying to speak to this girl, but I kept on, like, my eye was so, it was, like, so agitated, I couldn't stop tearing out of it. And she was like, are you, are you so, you're so emotional right now. I was like, no, <laughs> actually, <laughs> I was like, I, I did shed, like, a couple tears in the cage, but, like, I swear to God, right now, my eye is just, like, in so much pain right now. It's just so uncomfortable. Like, I'm having so much trouble just, like, trying to look at you. I kept on like dabbing with like a tissue and afterwards I go backstage and I just straight up can't even open my eyes like not even the other one because if I open the other one the, this the one that's like injured like gets agitated and so I'm sitting there and I know that when it, this injury happens all I need is like a medical grade contact lens that you can't just get at any store it's sort of like a prescription type of thing um, but I was kind of sure that they wouldn't have it there in Zhengzhou or I wouldn't be able to have access to it at that time. It was like on a Friday at like freaking 6 p.m. or something. And even in China, it was like, or even in Shanghai, it was kind of difficult to get. Um, and places like Phuket or Hong Kong, I have to go to the hospital to actually get it. And so I was like so desperate. I was like, okay. I told my friend, like, yo, can you get me just a regular pair of contact lenses with no prescription? And she was like, what color do you want? I was like, I don't give a shit. What <laughs> get me one. So I was like, maybe it'll work because in theory, it's just something to cover the eye so that the yeah. abrasion or the scratch doesn't, like, come into contact with my eyelid. Mm. So she, like, orders them. They get sent over. Thank God for, you know, China being efficient with that. And so I put it in, and then it's, like, instant relief. Um, so it worked. The problem with a regular contact is you can't leave it in overnight. So the medical contact, you can leave it in for a few days. And so, uh, my physio who like happened to get his hands on, on one in Shanghai was like, well, I would advise you that I, I would advise you to come back tonight so that you can like grab it. I'll, I'll get someone to leave it in your room because, um, my original fight was scheduled for the next day, but I didn't, we didn't want to risk an infection maybe happening because I had, you know, regular contacts on and then didn't have the right medication and the antibiotic drop eye drops and stuff, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up having to book a flight separate that night to then fly back to Shanghai to like go get that sorted. So it was almost like the fight happened, but there's so much like before and after with like this eye thing that I couldn't fully like, I don't know, process at the time until like way later. So kind of like a bizarre little mm-hmm. unique fight experience for me. But I mean, I'm glad it worked out. It was like that would have, because I had a great camp, you know, like injuries here and there, but nothing that was really stopping me from training. 
And you know, every fight camp, you always have that one thing that fucks you up. Like whether it happens early in the fight camp or happens like freaking fight week, like something's going to go wrong. And so it's almost like that was the thing. And so I was kind of, when it was happening, I was like, okay, this is the thing. So I'm not going to have any bad luck when it like, comes to like, you know, before I walk out or like whatever like that. Um, and then I'm like, well, you know, if that's what it costs to like go in there and get that win, <laughs> then <laughs> small price to pay. But yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy how that happened. And I kind of really had to just have the mentality of like not letting it bother me. And my coach Dean knew that what kind of had a good idea what had happened because it actually happened two weeks before and he didn't want to make a big deal out of it because he didn't want my confidence to be affected by his sort of coming up to me and being like, Hey, are you okay? And you know, that whole, like mm-hmm. your, 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 your mindset is like, so where it's at is so critical at that point where you just really pretty much have to like place yourself in a frame of mind where just like, Oh, you know, scratch on my eye, whatever, like I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Or like, whatever else happens, like, I'll be fine. I just have to get through this fight and it'll hold up and all the adrenaline's gonna hold, keep the pain at bay. And then after that, I can, I can handle it. I can figure it out. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, what had to happen. You go back, um, you get your eyes situated, get it, you know, getting taken care of, you go home. The six months is over at that point, right? Mm-hmm. The six months. Yes. Uh, yes experience so now you have to go back to the combine you go through the combine again talk about going through that experience again with you know some of your uh the people from last what do you call it last season is that what you would call it yeah 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 some of the people from last season you got new people coming in trying out for a spot um Mm -hmm. did you felt did you feel like it was uh easier for you in many aspects or was it just as tough um it was different I, I wouldn't say any of the challenges were easier because you know we still had to um it, they're still just as difficult like you know in terms of effort having to put forth the effort but i think definitely in like anxiety and sort of like you know nerves it was less because you know first of all we had already done it before and then second of all you know they were also going to take into consideration you know, what we've been able to show in the past six months as well, um, that they possibly, I don't know this for a fact, but I would, I just, this is just kind of my assumption that they possibly weigh higher, you know, your training attitude, um, your, your, the potential that you, that you show, you know, and, and your, your ability to, to grow and to progress, um, through their program. Uh, so it wasn't like, everyone was confident being like, Oh, you know, I don't have to put effort into this. It was, it was more like, you know, now there are going to be new people coming in. Like I need to really show up, you know, now that I know what it's going to be like. And the week prior to the combine, we were kind of doing these like mock tests as well, you know, just like as a refresher. So then it becomes like, well, we've been through it before. So we have no excuse to not like ace it, you know? So there was that a little bit of that different pressure, um, so, so yeah, it just made the experience different, but you know, everyone was still kind of like knew that it was going to affect as well, the decisions of the coaches and whether or not they wanted you to continue. So, you know, there's still a lot of emphasis placed on it, but I actually got a fever on the second day 
of the combine um, and had to sit out of it. And I think it was more from like all the excitement in the day before the first day of the combine and just pushing really, really hard. Um, I think it was like the wrestling one where I remember I was like, it was like as many takedowns as you can, like a 30 second span. And I remember getting so dizzy and I was like so out of breath, like just redlining. And like, I kind of just didn't feel great after that. I don't know if I maybe just didn't recover. And then there's a lot of excitement, obviously. And I think I just had some kind of like nervous system dump or something like that. And I just like got, you know, got a fever, like not a flu, not like a sore throat, runny nose. None of that is just straight fever. Um, and I was super uncomfortable that day. Like kind of wanted to come in, but I just had nothing in me. And then they're like, you know, just, just stay, just stay home. Like don't, don't come in, just rest and end up like sleeping all day. And then the next day I was like, totally fine. It was so annoying. <laughs> um, but you know, it is what it is. Well, everything worked out for you. You know, you get selected for the, the, the second round or second season. And, uh, you got another six months at the Academy, which is phenomenal for yourself. You know, you know what you need to do and you've already done it. So you're like a veteran of the, the Academy. Now you, you're, you're one of the veterans cause there's a few others that were selected. Um, now, you know, getting started again, you know, you, you, I think maybe a couple like how many months until like this point since, uh, since you've been selected? Um, so that was beginning of December. So like, okay. Two months. Yeah. About, uh, about two. Okay, so two months you're in, you go to Phuket, you know, this outbreak. Did you hear anything before you left Shanghai about some kind of virus outbreak or uh, anything like that? Because, you know, there's so much stuff. You probably see it, too, online. It's just like, what is the yeah. truth? <laughs> um, actually, I didn't hear it from, like, people in China. It was more like, you know, uh, people talking about it more in, like, mainstream you know, media and stuff like, you know, that was like in English. And, uh, at the time there were like no deaths yet. So I guess it wasn't super serious. And so it was just kind of like, Oh, there's a flu going around and it's super contagious in Wuhan. Mm -hmm. At the time I had no idea where Wuhan was even. Nobody did. <laughs> yeah. I know now I know that it's like kind of like close to Zhengzhou. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. two hours east of east of Shanghai by plane. But it wasn't a thing then, you know, like I don't remember talking, actually having any conversations with anyone about it. It was something that like popped up and then, um, yeah. And then I, I remember, well, my friends that a whole bunch, group of my friends that actually visited Shanghai the weekend before I left. And then, uh, at the time, yeah, it was just, it was so safe to come, you know, be flying around. And then when I was leaving, um, that's when people, you know, you get to the airport and like everyone's wearing masks and then you're like, okay, you know, it's getting kind of serious. Maybe people are getting concerned. And that wasn't until the two weeks I was in Phuket that things just like exploded and became this like huge thing. And then after my two weeks in Phuket, when I was headed back to Hong Kong, it was kind of crazy, you know, how, like how many precautions people were taking and then now people are dying and then like reported cases and things. Um, and then that's when a lot of like, you know, our inter or our internal like kind of group chats with at the PI with notices saying, you know, guys, make sure you're always washing your hands, like all these like hygiene stuff. And then, you know, pushing back our start date 
um, and then you know, kind of pushing you back. Like you know, we'll let you know with your further updates, making sure you're make sure you're checking your temperature and things like that. Um, and then you know, my plan was to stay home for a week and then head back to Shanghai. Um, but because the date was pushed back, I was like, well, they said two weeks at the time extended. And then I kind of, you know, everyone kind of knew that it was going to be longer than that because it wasn't really getting any better um, before it got worse. So, yeah, I was basically like, okay, I'll go to Phuket. I'll probably be there for a month at least, it's looking like. And sure enough, that's what it's kind of looking like. I'll be here for, I would have been here for a month since coming two weeks ago. What is the, um, is, is everything suspended indefinitely like you guys have no idea when you guys are going to go back because i've seen that almost your whole like a lot of your team and the coaches are in phuket right now right um not a lot like um one of our coaches and then maybe four people five people yeah um so not many i think actually a few more are coming planning on coming um in the next week but I, I think just, you know, besides like the PI, like this would be the spot to kind of mm. continue with the training. You know, I feel like, you know, with the program that they have here and the classes they have available, it kind of beats anyone training at their hometown gym, you know, um, with the exposure that you get, like the, you know, the number of training partners and the variety and things like that and the level. Um, but, you know, I was here before I went to Shanghai and so if I had never even gone to Shanghai in the first place, I'd still be here, you know. So that was kind of a no-brainer for me. Um, and I'm not really in a position in my career where I can take that much time off, you know, and just kind of hang around at home. And, like, even though I'd love to, like, spend time with my family, and, like, I, 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 that's something that I haven't done so much of, you know, which is why I went back for that one week. Um, but yeah, I kind of just can't justify like taking so much time off at this point in my career, you know, so I'm kind of just anything where I can still maintain, you know, my fitness where I can still maintain skills, um, and not kind of jump into fight camp with needing to start all over, you know, or get to Shanghai and needing to start all over from like nothing from everything from not just fitness, but like your timing, how you feel like, you know, strength and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I think this will be kind of like the place where most of my teammates probably are going to want to come to wait it out because no one knows how long it's going to be, honestly. And and uh, the PI is just going to be shut, I think, until until we're notified, you know, otherwise that it's safe to head back, I think. That has huge ripples and, you know, and... um consequences because the contender series asia is supposed to begin in april and 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 uh the pi shut down and it's supposed to be at the pi and uh and if people are not getting ready for their fights if the pi is not open to kind of be running before that even starts um man have you heard anything like about the effects of this with uh with the pi and the contender series and everything yeah oh well they were supposed to have a their first show in april and so obviously that's not gonna happen anymore um so what i think is is happening i'm not entirely sure but i think they're just pushing back the shows 
So I believe they're still gonna have their. I think they'd said. I think they had said eight show or it was like six to eight shows. I, be, yeah. I think it was three. Um, I think it's still happening, but I think what 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 they said is it might just it, they might just have have to push it back um, to later in the year. But yeah, a lot of logistics needing to be you know revised and um, a lot of plans that they had you know that have to be scrapped now and kind of sucks like all the momentum that was built you know UFC China with you know with the PI with with the academy and with a lot of my teammates who are just sort of you know on a roll mm-hmm. you know like now it's like there's this gap and and you know it's not going to take so much time for them to get to where they were but that's still like I don't know a big chunk it's like even if we're out for two months and that's like another, you know, month at least for it to get everyone back on track. Mm. Um, and then having to schedule everyone for their fights, you know, and when who's going to fight in the first month and who's going to fight in the, how are going to have to wait another month, you know? So you're looking at like two, three for some people, possibly like a four month delay and like, you know, trying to get that fight opportunity, um, which is frustrating, you know, definitely. Uh, but you know, global health crisis is not about us, right? Yeah, so definitely, you know, I just really hope things get better. You know, for sure, because like all that, you know, it's so hectic over there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I'm sure we're gonna be able to recover fine. It's just frustrating, I'm sure, for a lot of the coaches and a lot of you know team to have their sights set on this year and you know want to get as many fights in as possible. You know, feeling good like getting all these opportunities and now it's like, Oh, we have to wait and nobody knows anything because there's no definitive, you know, answer really. We're just having to track it as it goes and then wait until everyone can get back to work. And then once, you know, it's safe to go back to work, then people can actually start planning and putting things into place. And then that's just going to take some time. So, you know, it's a, it's a test, definitely a big test of patience. Um, for all of us and, and, you know, needing to just like keep focused, stay on track, um, with everything going on. But I think, you know, it's just another piece of adversity. Oh, I mean, mean, we're all healthy, you know, we're all safe. So that's really all you can hope for. Were were you matched up? Because I heard that people are already matched up for the contender series. Were you matched up? You don't have to say like, if you, you know who the person was, but were you? No, no, no. So I was not, I, I'm, I'm not one of the five. Mm-hmm. So, so they pick five people, but like, I'm not one of the five. No. Okay. So, so do you have a fight me. set up for the next few months or? Um, we have sort of like a schedule that's like mm-hmm. tentative based on, you know, where people, uh, where the coaches think that you are. So my next fight was meant to be for WLF again, mm-hmm. wars in March, but you know, they've canceled their February event and obviously their March event is not happening either. And so, you know, I'm having to wait for them to get going again until I know when I'm going to fight next, but I'll be fighting um, in their show next. I just don't know when. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome that, you know, you do have something in the future lined up that you have this set uh, fight that's coming up. 
now um yeah it's just delayed right so all you need to do is just keep grinding and keep training and keep doing what you do and uh keep focused on on that fight uh now with um your your situation in phuket you're like training at tiger um i know that you used to train over at uh top team uh but yeah. your coach left so most likely because your coach is not there you're probably not training over there is that true um yeah well yeah i pretty much you know went to top team at the time i was like choosing between gyms choosing between teams um because of eric we had um been in touch for a while i'd come to phuket for training numerous times before that and you know we just had a really good rapport um and uh yeah and so i kind of just you know picked top team because of him at the time and then you know, he, he's, he really, he really puts a lot of emphasis on like mental coaching, um, which I, even though he had never cornered me in a fight because throughout the time that I was training under him, uh, we never got the opportunity to do that. I still learned a lot from him, mm. you know, obviously just not just at, you know, in skills and techniques, but, um, more in the mental aspect of things, you know, and I'll always credit that to him. And I think that's, exactly what I needed at that point in my career. Um, yeah, so then when he left was exactly the same time, coincidentally, that I got this Shanghai opportunity. So um, I still hadn't, I still wasn't sure, like, you know, which gym I was going to go to when I came back. But, you know, during that time, I was kind of always, you know, we're on this, like, one-mile stretch of road where you have, like, some of the best fighters in, in the region. And uh, because of the politics and the drama, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're limited to the experience of the gym where you're at whereas as a martial artist like i'm craving to experience expand my experience you know expand my horizons and work with different people meet different people share you know uh, you know experiences and, and 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 training and and making those connections you know through a common shared passion but you're not allowed to do that like here, you know, even though it's like right down the road, you know, you don't know what you're missing out on and this and that. And so I think for me, I just wanted to try something different. Um, and I kind of wanted to like, you know, I know a couple people over there. I always wanted to like, you know, try it out and then just kind of get to experience a little bit of both. Right. And so I wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, I love Phuket. And they're like, Oh, how's, did you get to try the different gyms? And I'm like, no, just the one, you know? <laughs> so coming back, I was kind of like, well, you know, I'm going to give Tiger a go and then see if I like it because then at least, you know, I kind of just get a feel for what Phuket has to offer in terms of MMA and not be like kind of closed minded and be like, no, I'm not going to go there because I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm not allowed to or whatever. So I just went and like I paid a uh, regular, you know, membership and just kind of went like I didn't, I wasn't like, I didn't like reach out to them and be like, hey, I'm this you know, this is who I am, and, like, I'm coming over, like, can I get a discount, whatever. Like, I just went in as a paying customer, um, you know, just so I can kind of not not be, like, I don't know, just, like, not let anyone down by, like, any obligations or anything like that, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and I ended up just having, you know, a great experience, and everyone just so welcoming. George Hickman especially, you know, just – um, being really, really nice, reaching out, and you know the class sizes are massive at Tiger. Like, came, <laughs> I swear to God, there were like eighty to ninety people in like 
sparring or wrestling and like 10 or 12 of us were girls um and even then it's like george found a way to at least critique and fix one thing that i would be struggling on because you know he also comes over and helps the girls out as well um during the sessions which is great and so we 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 get attention even though you know you're looking at a room of like so many people you'd imagine like most people wouldn't um and also having a good group of girls to train with you know it's like having 10 you know in a class having eight pro girls mma girls from different weight divisions different styles it's like that's a crazy mm. you know like I, I the most girls i've been able to uh, train with is like six of us at the pi you know and, and that's amazing um but to come here and have like bigger girls um and more of them was like such a treat you know mm-hmm. um and so and i really enjoyed that part as well and and you know it was a yeah it's been a great experience it seems like you guys are having a great time together because i've been watching you guys on uh social media all of you guys that are training together and and even i was talking to casey and she was telling me that you guys have so many girls now that you guys actually have a separate like you guys did like something separate from the guys yeah yeah so there's enough of us that you know we um george kind of suggested like why don't we do sparring usually we do sparring on monday friday or monday and fridays so why don't we do the girls at three o'clock so that basically gives us, you know, exclusive use of the area of the room um, where we can work with each other. George can set it up exactly how he wants for the people who are in fight camp. Um, And then, you know, we kind of rotate through and help out. And then he's able to give us his full attention, you know, without all the guys um, being there. Uh, And that's super helpful, you know, and I think it's really great to to it's almost like there's more focus you know Mm -hmm. um you're feeling a little bit less distracted um there's less well i think just like less people you know like Mm -hmm. it helps you just like able to execute properly i mean if you're in a room and like there's so many pairs that are sparring together it's like every i don't know 15 seconds like you're having to like stop the spar because like you're too close to somebody or you bump into somebody you know another pair of sparring and then reset, which is so unrealistic when it comes to a fight. There's only one cage, too. And how many people are in fight camp who could use that cage for this bar? And even when the girls are in the cage, it's like three pairs going at the same time. And then we'll bump into each other and then have to reset. You know, it's just not realistic. So having more space um, is really helpful and just, you know, more realistic to like what to expect, like when you're when you're in competition. So that's been really great. Yeah, I could only imagine. And I saw that uh, you were down there while Valentina was down there and her sister. Yeah. And uh, you got to see, you know, like kind of like where you want to be at in your career, you know, like in her. Right. And what what did you get out of being around her and seeing what she does? For sure. I mean, I would say Valentina is probably I, I in my in my opinion, like the best female fighter mm-hmm. possibly in the world, you know, Um I'm such a huge fan of her style and I think she is just absolutely incredible in her mindset, in her physical capabilities. Um, and, uh, you know, I have like so much faith in, 
what she's doing for the sport and, you know, for her legacy and being one of the greatest of all time to ever be in the flyweight division, I'm sure, or just, you know, female in the UFC. Um, and so seeing her train, I only, I think she, they, they would do their own trainings in the mornings, but knowing and watching with them train with such intensity was really cool, you know, and kind of just like being in the same like area, you're like feeling the energy and you're so inspired and it was like awesome. Um, but she didn't do any of the group classes. So, you know, I didn't actually get to meet her, but, uh, her sister did do the wrestling classes with us. Um, and she, she was like, she's super sweet, you know, and, and she was super nice and obviously high level striker. Um, so it's just cool to be around that. Yeah. You've been around some, uh, a lot of champions recently, huh? Even with, uh, Wei Lee, Wei Lee, right? That's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. super fortunate, really. Yeah, like, it's get wonderful. To, you know, all these women that I, you know, I want, like, I, I would never, if if Shevchenko or Whaley or, you know, Rose, like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the three of them and, and some others, too. And, like, there's some of these girls who, like, I've been watching them since before I started fighting. And so, you know, I'll never miss their fight. And I feel like every time I watch, I'm just like blown away because it's like, wow, you guys obviously have put all the time into this, you know, mastering this craft, starting before it was even a thing to do women's MMA, before it was even cool, before before anyone even got any attention doing it, like they they'd already started doing it, you know, um, and then over the years just mastering the craft. Um, and seeing them go through the ups and downs, you know, um, it's just super inspiring. And so, you know, these people who are followed a lot, you know, I'm a total nerd when it comes to this kind of stuff. I watch a ton of interviews um, just to see where their mindset's at, um, watch their training videos and stuff. And then getting to see them in person is such a treat. You know, I'm just like, mm -hmm. so I'm such a fangirl, you know, when it comes to it. Mm -hmm. um, but this is very cool. To, to be yeah. in specific pla you know d you know places yeah. where like they they show up super fortunate yeah the energy the energy and and that's how it always happens it's like one day or a long time ago one day Valentino was next to one of her the people that she looked up to and then sure. now she's in that position and everybody you know goes through that it's like the evolution of being a fighter you know you're always in a, you're, you know you're it's it's evolution you're, you start out as as this and you become what you become later on and uh yeah it's uh it's fun to just chat with you and uh and see and catch up with you and see what you're doing and uh yeah you're you're doing it big i like it and and it's and i enjoy the the, the journey because it's never like you know what do you what do you call it chocolates and whatever it's never like that right there's always something there's always an obstacle but you seem to be good at overcoming these obstacles thank yeah, you so much for the time uh, for sure for sure thanks i think i think it's just really i don't know like if you expect that your fight career like everyone sees like you know all the greats and they see all the highlight reels and a lot of times you expect your fight career to go that way when in reality it's like almost the opposite like it it you're you're gonna expect the best but like just prepare for the worst because there's so many things whether it's losses whether it's injuries whether it's like opportunities that fall through that are gonna break your heart completely you know and 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 shatter your confidence in so many different ways um 
but just being able to surrender to that and embrace it and like just flow with that is like you know what makes this journey worth it i think all right thank you i'm gonna we're gonna catch yeah. up eventually maybe in a few months from now or whenever you get back to uh shanghai or maybe before you you know get into your next fight but um yeah hopefully that the 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 outbreak is uh contained and and uh we get everything uh situated so you can get back to shanghai get back to your life over there the academy and and uh continue your journey thank you so much always good talking thanks john always appreciate it <laughs>